again, boys and girls, Charlie. Welcome to Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my trickling partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by, by two judo players. I'm right now coming to you from a secure location, different than I normally come from. <laughs> I like how you so put Anthony, our tro- team trophy in the back. Yes, right here. I got kicked in my house today because I could not film up. I could not do the video at my house. Just too much stuff having going on. So I'm here at my dojo office. So, so Anthony, how are you doing this week? Doing all right? Yeah, my, my neck's been killing me from uh, tapping late. I, I tapped late to a Kimura and a BJJ class and just couldn't move my shoulder afterwards and then got uh-huh. neck cranked by the white belt afterwards. So I, <laughs> I couldn't turn my neck, like couldn't raise both my arms. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't tell you about this, but you know that Uchimata video you recorded of me? Um, I posted it on Reddit um, mm-hmm. to make a point about something I'm not going to go into detail with, but everyone was talking about how I need to pull more and how I was leaving my arms behind. And I'm like, I'm trying, man. Like I just can't turn, my, <laughs> I can't turn my neck. And um, just, which is funny. Cause when we were doing when we were practicing it, that was what I kept telling you after I saw the video was like, Oh, Ron, I need to turn more, but I, I probably should stop working on the throw Cause I can't turn anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> Just use your massage gun. I talk. You always tell me about that. It, it helps a bit. It helps a little bit, but not not very much. Um, <laughs> but the the point I was trying to make is, for some reason, like judokas don't like to contribute much to discussions, but they love to correct people. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm like some of these pe- right there. St- some of these people that gave me pointers on fixing my Uchimata, which by the way, I already know what was wrong and since Philippe was correcting me too. Um, mm-hmm. I looked at their, their their profile. It's just like, wow, they never ever talk about anything other than to correct people or tell people what they should do. Like they never ever contribute to anything else. So it's just very interesting. Right. Just talk shit. I'm the one putting my stuff out there. I, I wouldn't say talking shit because the stuff they said was actually <laughs> correct. It's just that I'm well aware of it. And yeah. And it, you see that Instagram too, right? People post their the white belt, blue belts, post their, uh, their clips up and people are like, that's not how you do it. You should be doing it. Like, man, can't you just appreciate this guy's training? Like, or trying like, <laughs> like, uh, Why not? Just because you said that, I'm gonna go on Instagram later and just find some white belt judo players throwing each other. I'll be like, "Great job, <laughs> fantastic! Keep up the good work." I'm gonna make someone's day today. All right. I'm just imagining people who have nothing to do all day. They're just like laying on their bed, looking at Instagram, like, "Oh, let me go on every single post and correct every single thing." Like I'm doing these guys a favor. Like their instructor mm. doesn't know what they're doing. So mm. that's hate it. You just can't criticize people and put them down. You have to help them out and. It's such yeah. a you know what you it's did one wrong. Th- yeah. It's one thing if people ask, like, hey, I'm working on this. Like, can you can you give me some suggestions versus people say, Hey, look, like I'm working on this thing. It's like still work in progress, but I'm kind of proud of what I did, you know? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's my first arm bar or something. And people are like, Well, you should have like tucked your chin in a little more, held your knees <laughs> together a little more, like Yeah, pop your hips. Nobody you asked you. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our main thing today. Well, not main thing. Let's talk about what happened this week. So most judo players know that the world championships happened this week. Uh, at time of recording, uh, it's already been day 
seven already, and today was the team tournament. So I don't know actually who won yet. We can look that up at the end. But we're going to talk about what we thought of the tournament, uh, some of the good matches we had, some things that changed up that um, that are going to change some of the Olympics, like who's going to go and who's not going to go. And a really interesting thing. So a lot of interesting. So this week was the World Championships. It was held in Hungary. Uh, so we want to talk about day one off there. Yeah, you go ahead. I mean, I for me, I kind of lose track of the days already because traditionally you would only have in the bigger tournaments like World Championships, you you would have like one weight class per for male and female per day. But in other tournaments throughout the year where they're smaller, they start to combine the weight classes. Mm-hmm. So I just like lose track of the weight classes now. I just look at the players itself, and sometimes I can't even tell like the sixty-six from the sixty kilos or the ninety from the eighty-seven kilos. I I can't even tell them apart anymore. I'm like, wait, what weight class is this guy again? I I, I don't even pay attention anymore. I just look at the fights individually, mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot of people probably echo my my thoughts. It's just that IJF judo is getting a little boring to watch. So. Well, it's funny because I like the way they do it right now where they have uh, one male, one female weight class each day. So it's a seven to eight day long tournament if they do the team tournament at the end. So I enjoy that because I could just, I'm a bad judo player. I'm not someone like you that stays up all night and watches like three screens at the same time. I wait till the next day or the morning <laughs> and I just watch the final. That's what I want. I watch the best players go up against each other and yeah. you might not get the best throws, but you're going to see some very interesting matches. Anyone out there that wants to watch the best throws, Watch the beginning round. Watch the good people throw the bad people, and that's gonna be like, oh my god! Yeah, the high seeded people throw the low. Yeah, that people. it sounds terrible, but yeah, that's what you're gonna watch. It when you watch the medal matches, it's the best one against the best at that tournament, and sometimes it ends in shido. Sometimes it's not a beautiful throw. It's a lot of wazadi, but that's what I want to watch. So that's how Johnny uh, ended up on the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> he fought some like guy from Azerbaijan and he just threw the shit out of Johnny. And he was like on the Instagram front page, like highlight getting a drop. So <laughs> that famous, like that basketball shot where they were showing the guy like getting um, his balls in the face when he's getting the slam dunked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's why people, like you said, that's why most people watch highlights. Cause at the final rounds, when you have two really good players fighting each other, it tends to be kind of boring um, if you don't understand what's going on, especially big throws don't happen often. It's all these like kind of crappy Yuko like throws. And um, a lot of the fight happens in the footwork and the, the strategy regarding the Shidos and the grip fighting, which not everyone can appreciate. So, so, so most interesting to me that happened on day one, we're not going to go through every individual match. We're going to go through what we thought was interesting, me and Anthony. Mm-hmm. So the most interesting happened for me is it was the women's minus uh, 48 kilo match. And that was when um, uh, Sonoda, is that her name? Sonoda, Sonata. Yep. Um, she dropped down a weight class because she's not going to go to the Olympics now. Her spot got taken. So she decided yeah. to drop down and go to world championships. And guess what happens? She goes all the way to the end and gets a gold medal. So she won a weight class that's not even her regular weight class and isn't going to the Olympics. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's not an easy feat because um, even when regular like athletes in America, for example, when they change weight classes, you have to like start gathering your points all from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not something you can do easily in, in general. But I remember reading on Reddit somewhere, someone who lived in coached in Japan mentioned like 
as an athlete in Japan, when you sign on to the team or sign on to a company, your contract says you're fighting in that weight class. So you mm-hmm. can't just like be like, oh, I got, I'm tired of weight cutting or I just want to switch weight class. So you can't do that just like that. There's a lot of other uh, stuff that gets involved. So yeah, kudos to her for switching weight classes and winning gold medal. So I would also argue yeah. that there's a lot of good athletes missing this tournament because they're saving themselves for an Olympics. Yeah. yeah. That was something Neil Adams brought up. He was talking about that. This is the year because the Olympics is happening three to four weeks from now, that this is the year that a lot of top players aren't going. And just to show from here, Japan sent their like almost third, fourth string players. Like we are going to talk about one as a first string player that's there, but because he didn't get to go to the Olympics, he came here instead. Yeah. But yeah. So this is like saying like you're, C and D string and getting a gold medal mm-hmm. still like that just shows how dominant Japan is at some weight classes, not all the weight classes, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was big for me. That happened on the first day. Uh, the second day, what happened on the second day? Anything interesting to you? Oh yeah, actually that did happen on the second day. So the second day at men's uh, minus 66 kilos, there was a very interesting match be- between the Japanese player. Um, uh, Mariyama, Mariyama. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Mariyama faces the Mongolian player. Are you going to attempt his name? Yondan Parale. Yondan Parale. <laughs> I just looked it. I looked it up before the, before we started recording. I looked up how to pronounce it and wrote it. Wrote down the pronunciation. Yondan yeah. Parale. I'm not going to even try to say guys. So I'm just going to say their weight class and what country they're from. You can look it up. All right. <laughs> yeah. If if any if you had to watch one match throughout this whole thing, it's got it's got to be this one. This is this was the most exciting match. Every other match, I was just kind of like angry about the ref calls or ang- not too happy with the scoring. Um, on the like the the Yuko scores being called Lazari now. That's a rant I'm not going to get into, but it's making it's dumbing down yeah, judo. Yeah. Um, but this match was exciting to watch, and it, they ended losing on uh, uh, Shido because it went to golden score and nobody scored because it's such a close match. So there was no score, but super exciting match. Got uh, you just have to watch this one. Uh, it's in quarterfinals. So it's Maruyama versus uh, Yon Imperinle, and um, I remember this guy because in the 2019 World Championships, I sat next to his humongous teammate. <laughs> in the stands in Tokyo and he was like screaming and co- screaming at the guy telling him uh, like coaching him from the sideline so that, that was every time I see this athlete I, I remember that guy so yeah but if you watch this fight and I told you like after you told me to watch it, I looked at it and I was like oh this is a beautiful example of what you call kind of like classical judo or beautiful judo like just really fancy Japanese judo versus a dog fight going out there grabbing stuff just wrestling style judo yeah yeah mongolian wrestling judo just clashing just clashing the entire time and you could see mariyama like getting certain times like you're like man i'm trying my best at this guy and this guy's just squirming out or blocking me the only thing saving him from the mariyama's ushimata was his long ass legs for the for this particular weight class you can see his legs are really long uh for this weight class mariyama still launched him up but because of his long he, legs, he was able toes, he was able to like feet. come back down. Yeah, yeah. And I'm surprised he still got him to fly up. <laughs> it's that pull, it's that arm pull, and that's yeah. what it is. But <laughs> and of course, Mariyama went to the finals. He fought. Um, he fought an Italian player, ranked number one in the world. Beat Lombardo. Him. So Mariyama, yeah, yeah, Lombardo. So he beat him to be 
back-to-back world champion and is not going to the Olympics. That is, yep. it's just insane. like, I'm going to say this a lot. It's insane, crazy nuts, back-to-back world champion, but you can't beat the top guy in your own country. Even though you're ranked number five in the world, you beat number one rank in the world and you're not going to go. Yeah, um, Lombard, Lombardo was always considered the, what if Maruyama or Abe were to lose to someone, that it would have been Lombardo, basically. It was what most people considered, but at least back in the day. I don't know if he's too old now or anything, but Lombardo's really good with beautiful judo. And well, he didn't Maruyama just made it look like... Go ahead. Say, but he didn't use his beautiful move. He didn't use Uchimata. He beat him with a Tomonage. Tomonage, yeah. So I was going to yeah. say... Even with that, because people in the post fight interview, they interviewed Mariama and they asked him, like, oh, we noticed a lot of people were trying to shut down your left side Uchimata with the grips. Like, they know it was coming and they still couldn't stop you because he had his beautiful Yokotomoyanage as a backup. And he was like, yeah, I noticed people are starting to catch on to this, but I need to go back and get better. Even though he made it look like a freaking walk in the park this whole tournament. Um, <laughs> but Lombardo did shut down his. Uh, Uchimata a little bit and was still getting dominated, I think, in terms of the grips, uh, the grips and the attacks and everything. I still think Maruyama dominated him a lot. Um, but he, that like, just still made it look really easy. <laughs> yeah. And if you go back to the bronze medal match, actually, it's interesting because the Mongolian, what's his name? John Denparele. <laughs> I would keep yeah. going to you for this one. <laughs> so Yonan Perle had to go to the bronze medal match. And the guy that he was supposed to fight in the bronze medal match, uh, what country was he from? Kazakhstan. Uh, the Kazakhstani player couldn't continue. So he just went out and got bronze. It was like, he had a crazy match with Mariana. Mm. Uh, lost there. I don't I can't, I don't remember if he had to go to a repertoire match or what, but he fought for bronze and just walked on the mat. So it was a tough match of the night. Yep. So the next day, day three becomes very interesting for Canada because Canada has their two top players right there fighting at the females minus one, minus, minus 57 kilos. So that is uh, the Gucci and uh, what's the other girl's name? It is Jessica Klimkate. Klimkate. I was, I always want to call her. I just want to call her Kate always. I don't know why. I just get right always. <laughs> so in the end, the uh, Gucci she ends up fighting for Braun and she goes up against the, a German player. And what, how did I write stole, it? Down? Yeah. Yeah. She was trying to get stole. stole. Teresa stole. Yeah. No, I stole. I didn't steal the match. It was a good match. It was a good, fair match. Yeah. So <laughs> stole throws her with, uh, with the Sode Makakomi. And it just is beautiful. Yep. She got her in the air. Boom, hit it. So the Gucci didn't place. She didn't get Braun. She didn't get third place or nothing. But then Clint Kate, she's fighting for gold. She's in the finals. And she's in the finals against, yeah. um, was it uh, Momo? And Momo's yeah. ranked fifth in the world. They're having a good match. And yeah. what happened? Clint Kate wins. She wins in the end. Uh, what did she throw with her? You've right her now? drop Zoe Nagia too, I think. I no, think no, 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 no. She was spamming her. Like, I'm going to say it. She was spamming her drop Zoe Nagia the entire time. But she got her with uh, Kochigari. So Toshi. <laughs> Watch the video, see what you guys think of it also. I'm writing down what yeah. Neil Adams said. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so yeah, so Clint Kate wins the match. All right. Momo takes second. Clint Kate takes, fir- takes first. She's now 
she just took world championships. And Anthony, confirm or not confirm for me, what did Canada say now about who's going to go to Olympics? They, they basically tweet. I haven't checked for the last couple of days, but mm-hmm. the, the two days following that, when that happened, uh, the news outlets and Judo Canada's Twitter page was tweeting the news outlets announcement saying that Clint Kate's probably going to go to uh, Olympics, which is, uh, I guess, pretty much as official as it gets. So <laughs> if Judo Canada's tweeting out a news article saying that, then I guess it's true. <laughs> All right. So that was, that was really cool. Um, yeah. Taguchi yeah, lost to uh, uh, Momo um, Tamaoki. Like the, the the silver medalist, the one that uh, yeah. K lost to. So Taguchi lost with her. So it's not. Um, I I don't think it's it's a it's a bad thing to lose a silver medalist. That she just had an off day. But if you look at the score, it was a really bad. Like Yuko, I would I would even call it a Coca probably. Like yeah. it's well, it sucks to get screwed over like that. I didn't say it, Matt. Oh, I probably didn't I don't, I don't, oh, okay. Yeah. Because that was another good thing. We didn't talk about this earlier. Let's talk about it right now real quick. So uh, IGF did a little bit of changes. I don't know if this is something that they've done lately, but when they get to the bronze medal matches and the gold medal matches, they would show you the highlights of how they got there. So they'll show you like who they yeah, fought. Yeah, that was a much them. better production. I like what they're yeah. doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, instead of just telling you, because before they would just put up like how they beat people, like for this round, that round, they just write down yeah. like, Lazadi, Yuko, Yuko, and stuff. And they'll sometimes write down what they threw them with. This time they actually showed the highlight video, which was nice because it lets you see like what the throw was and kind of like what the spot of it. Yep. So I probably did actually watch that match. Uh, the other thing they added this year or they added this for this tournament is the IGF got an app now. And I know you're telling me about it. Yep. What do you think of it? As an IGF? I haven't really looked at an app, but it looks like uh, it looks like just something that was well, for those who who no, it looks like it's just an encapsulation of um, the website. So it's not like they built a separate app. They kind of just like took the mobile website and just kind of put it into its own app. So I, I mean, I'll play around with it and maybe give it an update next episode. But I think it's um, it's good to have an app. It's always good to have more options available to view judo, check the records and stuff. Sometimes I'm not on my computer and I'm watching outside on television. And I just mm-hmm. want to be able to go on my phone and be like, who, wait, who did they lose to? What's the next fight coming up and stuff? So it's, it's good to see that kind of stuff. Now, do they show the, from what you would think of, like on the website normally, do they show like the highlights of who won and who didn't off the YouTube? Well, yeah, or? it's not, it's not real time, but you'll oh, okay. see it probably the day after. Yeah. Okay. Which and is still pretty fast. Have. Yeah. And that's another thing for people that want to watch. I don't know if it's Geolock or not, but if you're in the United States and you want to watch these matches, you can watch them live on the IGF YouTube channel or mm-hmm. do what I do, watch them the next day, early in the morning. When people, before you go on Twitter, Instagram, it shows you what's going on. You can watch the highlight videos or just watch the finals or even each match uh, the next day. So you can go right on YouTube and watch it. Because um, I know they advertise also that certain countries will advertise like, oh, it's on this channel, it's mm-hmm. on that channel, it's on whatever it is in each country. In America, we don't have a channel. We just yep. watch it on YouTube. Yep. So. Yep. All right. So I do like uh, what what I do like is um, mm-hmm. they also tell you the score and what time it happened on the mm-hmm. on the website and the app. Like 
they'll they'll actually link to a what they call unlisted YouTube video. So if you go on YouTube and search for it, you won't find it. But they if you have the link to the video, you can find it. So all the um, IGF matches are unlisted videos. So you can click on the match. Um, it'll link you to the YouTube video, and then it'll tell you what the score was like kind of a spoiler right because i'm like oh this person won i'm watching this video knowing who won mm-hmm. um and it'll tell you what time stamp the score happened so i think the timestamp is not the video timestamp. so let's say the video is four minutes uh five minutes long and and uh, it says wazari at one minute 50 seconds it's not one minute 50 seconds of the video it's one minute 50 seconds of the score t- uh, the, the round time Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's information like that. Also, sometimes athletes get disqualified, Hansokumake, and mm-hmm. they don't know why. It'll actually list a reason there too. Like, mm-hmm. for example, one of the matches we're going to talk about, someone did a Kawazugake, mm-hmm. and um, they actually listed Hansokumake Kawazugake. Like, so mm-hmm. if you don't know the what happened, you can actually go back and look at these records and be like, oh, he got disqualified for this reason. So. Mm-hmm. Speaking of disqualification, that's the next match I really want to talk about. Since people know that our head sensei here at Hollywood Judo, Sensei Philippe, Philippe was part of the uh, Swedish national team and stuff. He has a lot of friends still there. Years ago now, like at least five, six years ago, we went there and did a training camp and we trained with the Swedish national team. So I always have a little thing for them. Like I always try to root for them. Like, yeah, I want to see them do well. So one of the Swedish players, so it was a gold medal match uh, for the men's under 73 kilos. And it was Sweden versus Georgia. And this goes all the way in. I think it went into Golden Score. I can't remember exactly. I didn't write it down. Should have. Yeah, I think it did. But there were there were two Shitos, uh, two Shitos apiece, I think. Or two yeah. to one. Yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. And the Georgian, after a while, stopped like trying to attack, in my opinion. All he was mm-hmm. doing is trying to make the Swedish player look like he's not working. So in the end. It's a literally, in my opinion, and I think Neil Adams said the same thing, that he pushed him out. It was like a blatant push out. But it's one of those yep. things where you have to defend yourself at all times in judo. And if he's pushing you, you should have like reversed it or gone in for a throw or something. But also you're in golden scores. You're scared. You don't want to get hit with a false attack. Yeah. He got pushed out. They said Mate. They watched the, they watched the video. And he got the third Shido. So the Georgian wins a national championship. Wins a world championship. National. National, I know, with the world championships at Ishido, so the Swedish guy had to take silver, which I heard that he was really happy with, that he was like, he was just grateful to be there. One of the things like, I'm not supposed to be here anyway, so I'm just happy getting silver. Yeah. But I, I and it's going to happen later in some other matches. I don't want to see a world championships won on Ishido, but especially happen. not not on a bad call like that. Like, let's just admit it, even Neil Adams said it, even though he was being diplomatic about it, it was a really bad call. And they actually, Watched it on replay too. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was my thing. Like, I watched it. I was like, really, this is cool. And it was funny because the other day I was talking to Philippe about it, and one of our Georgian members of the dojo was like, "Oh no, no, that was a good call. It was fine." I was like, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, you're gonna say it's a fine yeah. call. You got a gold medal. You're happy. <laughs> they they really clearly state in the rules that if you're not making an effort to push push someone out like that, and another person is pushing back, defending, you still try to push them out then that's a Shido on your part. So it's not that it's gray area in the rules. It's pretty clear. And one other thing I really hate is how people would uh, grab the high collar grip and just push people down. Mm-hmm. And 
almost all the time the refs will give the shield to the person being pushed down, yeah. even though they're trying yeah, to stand kind of up. Sense. And it's one of those things where yeah. I get it. Like, the, like in America, we call them playoff rules. You're kind of more lean on stuff. You let things yeah. go. But after a while, like, okay, it's been a minute. Someone's needs to attack. Someone needs to do something. But I just didn't like that call. I didn't like it. Like blatantly, he pushed him out. Yeah. But hey, it is what it is. So day four. So day four, the big thing that happened, in my opinion, for me, is so it's the women's minus uh, 63 kilos. And I always mess up on her name because I don't want to say it correctly. I hear it both ways sometimes, and it might just be because of accents. So the French player, um, Clarice or Clarice, how, how do you pronounce, how do you say her name? I think it was Clarice, yeah. Yeah, Clarice. She wins uh, by Osoto Gatti into a pin to, for Ipon. And now she becomes five time, five time, five time. Let me see what. Five times, I say four, five times, five-time five world champion, all right? That's crazy. Five times, all right? So it's be interesting to see how she does. Is she going to the Olympics? She definitely has to go to the Olympics, five-time champion. Probably. She's really good. Um, not just in a technical sense, because she does have good throws, but honestly, personally... I don't know if it's like the the women's coach for France or something like that. I'm not a huge fan of most of them because of how they play the rules, the Shido game, and they always fight at the edge of the mat. Um, except for uh, Bouchard, that was the, that's the one uh, one exception. I like I love her judo a lot. Um, her kataguruma slash yokotoshi, whatever you call it, is like beautiful. But most of the other female French judokas. I'm not a huge fan of their, the style that, and the strategy they use to win matches. All right. Uh, do you want anything else happened on day four that you want to talk about? Cause that was a big thing. Five time champion right there. No. All right. Yeah. So let's move on to day five and I want to put a little shout out right there for day five. Now I like, I really want to like, there's certain, not certain, there's certain countries that don't do that well and don't necessarily have a whole lot of good players. And a country that did really well going into bronze is one of the female fighters at minus 170. I keep on only one that's a little wrestling. So minus 70 kilos is the Irish girl, uh, Fletcher. She fought for bronze. She mm -hmm. lost, but for an Irish woman getting there. And there was also another one. There was in, um, which country was it? I think it was Venezuela had a girl also make it to bronze. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, I got to support my Latin countries right there, but... Yeah, Ireland's judo is severely underrated. Like they are, they constantly put up. A, even if they lose the matches, you see they're putting up a good fight. They're not getting dominated. Um, another, I'm a huge fan of the the, the male um, judoka from Ireland called. I think his name was uh, Burns. Mm -hmm. um, great judo. Like uh, I think Ireland's going to eventually get better and better and become like uh, we're going to see more medals from them eventually. Mm -hmm. So what was the so then the next one because so the men's weight class on day five is minus ninety kilos, which is I'm just put out there. This is what I usually fight at. So these are kind of guys that I would fight and probably get destroyed by them most likely. I put up a good fight, but I probably lose. And that was the day that you got frustrated because there was that arm, the standing arm. Okay. I think <laughs> so. There's standing arm bars that I got, I got, I saw a lot of people doing for turnovers. And they were calling them this tilt or um, um, what I can't remember what the other word Neil Allen's calling, but they're calling them tilts and stuff for reversal. 
and it was an Uzbekistan mm-hmm. player versus Japan. Um, it was uh, who was it? Murayo. 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 Yeah, Murayo. Yeah. Murayo. Yeah. Okay. So you sent it to me, and I looked at it, and to me, I've been seeing it all tournament long, but for some reason he got called on it in the second round. And I know you were mad about it, so you want to talk a little about it. Yeah, I just think it's... I can see why they called it, but I think it was a really bad call. Um, if you'll watch the clip, um, the Uzbekistan judoka... Uh, what was his name? Bobanov? Is that what, who it was? Um, yeah, it was Bobanov. He drops to his knees with his arm left behind around the belt, and then... He puts himself in a shoulder lock. Let's just let's just call it what it is. And it just so seemed to happen that um, the Japanese uh, judoka made it look like he was arm locking him into a throw, but he just kind of stepped over. Yeah, and, <laughs> the guy fell over. Well, he, he so doing, initially, they gave the score. He was doing that pushover that everyone's doing. Everyone's doing this new tilt yeah. pushover. I saw a lot of those going on today. Uh, like today, but this week I saw a lot of them going on. And they were giving Wazadis for him or just let him go straight into Nawaza, which I thought that's what they were going to do. And they gave him Wazadi at first. Yeah. And then they pull out the screen. They did the screen thing. Oh, no. Then he got. Yeah. The, the funny thing is they considered them in Nawaza. So if he put that lock, the pressure, well, he didn't even put a lock. Let's just say that. I don't think it was a shoulder lock personally. Um, but if he did actually try to lock his arm there and try the Juji Katami from there, he would have been fine because they would have considered that pressure to be on the the elbow joint mm-hmm. and he would have been fine. But because he tried to not lock it and the guy put himself in that position, it looked like a shoulder lock. So then they, he got disqualified for it, which is ridiculous, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a stupid call. Really stupid call. Well, I, I think... There, are, I think even Philippe disagrees with me, but I think he's going to explain his point of view to me on Monday, tomorrow. So, all right. So then we go to the finals, the gold medal match, and guess who's fighting there? It's Bobano. So he's fighting against the Spanish player, um, the former world champion. Was it uh, Nicolas? Nicolas? I can't. I, I don't pronounce his last name. That's one of those weird, mm-hmm. crazy sounding ones for a Spanish player. But in the end, the Spanish player won. He got him with, uh, was it? Uh, oh, there's a huge coach. That's what I wrote down. Huge coach Gotti. So there's a huge coach Gotti against the equal. But the thing that caught my mm-hmm. eye when we were watching this match, or when I was watching this match, that he is sponsored, or I don't know how he's sponsored or how you get this. <laughs> he has a PlayStation Judo Geek. So on his side, where you normally have like the flag on the collar kind of area, where you have your flag or your country thing right there, in the Spanish and all the Spanish keys, they have this Spanish flag right there. He has a PlayStation symbol and it says PlayStation in, in a, so it's black, like a black bar with white lettering. It says PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I'm going, how do you get that? How, how do I get a PlayStation? <laughs> and how does place, why does PlayStation sponsor him? What judo PlayStation <laughs> game they haven't been seen that I don't know about? <laughs> Are you looking at it right now or did you see it? Yeah, I was, try, I was looking it up. I want, I want it. <laughs> He puts it on yeah. PlayStation. <laughs> so, I thought, so I thought that was cool. I've never seen yep. that before. Like I used to see um, Mighty Mouse sponsored by Xbox, but I never seen a judo player mm-hmm. sponsored by PlayStation. 
<laughs> that would be cool. Another, <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about that match, Anthony? No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> so another cool thing again, because we're uh, as they sleep, Sweden, all that stuff. Uh, are the, the 90 kilo Swedish player that we actually trained with when we were there. I wasn't there. I mean, when they went there to train and stuff, he took yeah. bronze and that was great. So Sweden took a silver medal and a bronze, which is amazing. And I can't wait to see how these two do in the Olympics. Yeah. All right. So then we go on to day six. Day six. Anything interesting happened on day six, really? Uh, let's see. Oh, well, the most interesting, in my opinion, that happened on day six is that, um, let's see, the minus 100 men's division. So it was the Portuguese player, um, Francisco. For, uh, Fran- Francesca. Francesca. Yeah. Fran- yeah. Francesco. The guy, he, he's known for doing the little dance after he won the 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's really impressed me this past year watching his Jew and stuff. Like, I don't know if I was impressed before, but I really noticed him this past year. So now, of course, he won the gold medal. He he won his match. So now he's two-time back-to-back world champions at minus 100. Can't wait to mm-hmm. see what he does in the Olympics. I hope he does well, but you, know, you never know. Um, any given Sunday, I would like to say, anybody can have the best tournament in their life. The women's match was won by the German one. That was minus 78 kilos. That was won by Wagner, by uh, Uchimata. And I think mm-hmm. what I wrote down, yeah, it was in golden score. So that was another cool match to do yep. Uchimata. And then the final day of regular competition, day seven. Let's see what happened in day seven. Oh, I know what happened in day seven. Plus 100. Japan now has the world champion at plus 100 kilos. All right. Teddy Reiner didn't show up. It's been a up. long time, right? Yeah. Teddy Reiner didn't show up. All right. <laughs> well, they sent the guy. They sent the guy who's there who who beat. They sent the guy who beat uh, Teddy Reiner there, right? Or is that someone mm-hmm. else? No, I, I think I think it was I think it was someone else. It was Kokoro, not not Kageura, that beat Teddy Reiner. But. So that's what that was the big thing right there. Japan showed up yep. and became world champion. <laughs> And then something sad happened in the women's match. So it's the plus 178 division. And we talked about this last night a little bit. So it's got the two female mm-hmm. judo players. It was against uh, Sara versus... Uh, Sara Sahina. Yeah, Sara Sahina versus uh, Wakana, mm-hmm. Wakanabe. And um, yep. in my opinion, Wakanabe was doing all the work. Like I felt like you could see how she's being dominated the entire mm. match. Like she's just trying all these things. And I said, I'm just rooting for the entire match. It's like, just go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. And uh, Sara was kind of just, just kind of, I wouldn't say stalling out, but she was like really looking for the counter the entire time, in my opinion. Waiting for that right counter counterattack. And I get it. You want to get thrown. Just your teammate. You know what she's going to do. Oh, yeah. It was a Japan, Japan final again. The second one. Yeah. So they started the tournament off with a Japan, all Japan final. And it kind of ended the tournament with an all Japan yeah. final again. Yep. Um, it goes in a golden score. Uh, uh, Wakanabe was enter, and what happened is so it's golden score. She enters in for this kind of drop Seonagi kind of thing. And she. Seoitoshi. Drop Seonagi kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow she injures her knee. If you rewatch the video, I kind of think it's her foot that gets caught up or something. But when she got hurt, what she was clutching was her knee. It's her knee. Yeah. So how she grabbed her knee was how I grabbed my knee when I busted my PCL, yeah. actually. So I, I, it, it, 
yeah, I, I, I feel for her. Um, but that's what happens when you drop like that at that weight class. Big like, ladies, big I, ladies right there. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. That's why I don't drop on my knees. I think it's like I, I don't, I don't want to want that to happen again. But um, yeah, it's super good sportsmanship. How she tries to help her off the mat, but it was clear that she can't even hop yeah. off the mat. She might have busted both knees, probably. So, um, well, it's like so she piggybacked yeah, her. You're in Golden School. Off. You're tired. You messed up your knee. You get shielded yeah. out. Like she couldn't continue anyway because her knee was messed up. So whether she got the shield or not, yeah. But she was gonna get she she's gonna th- get a third shield for that false attack yeah. anyway. Whether she hurt herself yeah. or not, she was gonna get the shield. So uh, Sada becomes world champion. So Japan has the men's hundred plus and the women's hundred seven um, plus seventy eight kilos world champion. But yeah, this beautiful thing of sportsmanship. She tries to help her friend up. She couldn't walk. So it's like, all right, get on my back. It's just like the cutest photo. Like to me, it's just the yeah. cutest thing of this showing judo sportsmanship mm-hmm. yeah, because neil adams was saying like oh she was trying to get her on her back the entire time and she finally gets her there i'm like yes <laughs> yes, yes they're also adam. teammates too it's not just judo <laughs> they're, they're also teammates so that's that's a part of it um and it's just crazy that sarah sarah is like a four-time world champion now and she's she lost the olympic spot to um akira sone and um mm-hmm she's going to not going to be in Olympics. And I think part of it has to do with, I think uh, someone mentioned her dad, I think that she was studying to be a doctor. So she, her training wasn't like at that level for her to go get sent to the Olympics. And it's just crazy being, imagine like studying to be a doctor and being a four-time world champion, like <laughs> <laughs> four-time world champion, but you're not an Olympic champion. That's when it was payoff. Like, yeah, but you're a doctor. So she knows you're going to get paid. She's going to get paid when she comes to the doctor. <laughs> was it you that told me, or did you text me that this is probably her retirement also? Do you think that she's done? They said it might be her. They haven't said it yet, but it was like rumored because she she had what happened when she had her white coat ceremony. You know what that is? Like she starts her, um, her I think, I think it's residency. Don't quote me. Basically, mm-hmm. her workload is just going to ramp up. So people were yeah. kind of anticipating that there's no way she's going to be able to have time to train at that level anymore. So, mm. but then here she is well, like world champion. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, it's a joke that I told you, I think I told you this joke last night too, is now is she's definitely that thing where everyone thinks that because you're a black belt, you're actually like, that you're a medical professional, like, Oh, you're a martial artist. You know how to break bones. So you should know how to fix them too. She literally knows how to break bones and can fix you at the same time. <laughs> can you imagine that? She throws you, you dislocate your arm, like, oh, we need a doctor. I got this. It's like, you just did this yeah. to me. <laughs> I think that a lot of that comes from traditional Chinese martial arts, actually, that stereotype. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so was there anything else in the tournament that caught your eye or you want to talk about or that you thought was crazy, interesting? Or uh, Yeah, in general, I'm just not a fan of the scoring um mm-hmm. not a fan of the the grip regulations and some of the calls were terrible um i'm happy that i got to see that kawazugake we talked about that was great um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though the person got disqualified but it's like my second time seeing it happen in a tournament so it's, it's great but thankfully nothing happened to the guy's knee uh, i i shared that clip yeah, I shared that clip on Reddit, and of course, you have people saying like that move is not dangerous at all; it shouldn't be banned. And 
I it, disagree. It all, but it all depends people, on what your style is. If you're a Sambo guy, they do that stuff all the time. So to them, it's not dangerous. Yeah. But again, it's what I so I see. Anyway, someone oh, no, someone mentioned Sambo uh -huh. and then uh, linked a clip of how they do it in Sambo. And the way they do it in Sambo has a lot more hip in it, mm. and it doesn't exert as much pressure onto the the reaping the reaping out the entwined leg. So I can see it being safer. But the way that they demonstrate in judo and the way that was executed in this um, instance, I thought was really dangerous to the knee. But that's my personal opinion. It it goes down to what I would say also about why um, why scissor takedowns are illegal in judo because we're all trying to stay stay standing. The main thing in judo we're trying to stay standing as much as possible. So we're fighting stay standing. Where in BJJ and sambo, it's not a kill switch if you get taken to the ground. You know you're not dead, it's not finished. But in judo, we hit the ground the wrong way, our match is done. So that's why we're fighting to stay standing the entire time, and that's why it's dangerous for us. Yeah, there's. Oh, we're going to start delving into something else. So I'm not going to get into it. But basically there are people defending it saying like, I've been in plenty of fights in other sports and we do those kind of takedowns all the time and nothing's ever happened. And I'm like, that's not a really good argument, but <laughs> like, it's, there's it, so many logical fallacies to that argument, but yeah. All right. So since you have your computer with you right now, right now, right before we started this, the world championship team tournament should have finished by now. You look up who won the team. Hmm. Let me see. I wasn't done ranting about judo, Where but I'm, I'm going to say, uh, no, <laughs> I'll oh, look man. it up. Uh, let me see. I'll let you rant a little bit more after we look up who wins the team. Yeah. So basically I really, I'm a huge Christy Gucci mm -hmm. fan and I think she got screwed out of, uh, she, she got screwed out of her chance, but I uh, think so too. Yeah. That's my opinion. No, I think, I think so too, but I have to, Imagine beating someone like being undefeated. Imagine being undefeated versus the, your competition, mm -hmm. and then they get sent to the Olympics. <laughs> like, like what I, the hell? I get it, uh, but I have to defend that with what I always say: any given Sunday. And if you're American, you totally get it. But if you're not, it means yep. that if you win the tournament, you win the tournament. And if I determine my life, and then I suck the next week, hey, I had to turn my life, and I qualified for it. Any given Sunday, something can happen. It's it's also really silly to ask your athletes, both of your star athletes, to go risk injury a month before Olympics and telling them to peak yeah. twice within a two months period. Just mm -hmm. I don't know what the and fuck they're thinking. Like, so, and not just like a small peak. Like this is a major thing. This isn't like oh, it's just a Grand Prix. Who cares? You know, it's not going to be the best players. No, no, this is the World Championship. All right, almost every country is sending their best players out there if they haven't qualified for the Olympics. So. Yeah, I mean, Judo Canada. Th this this is a kind of a weird year, right? Where we have both Olympics and World Championships together, and mm -hmm. that's why I I would argue the World Championships isn't as hard to win this year compared to the other ones. Mm -hmm. But it's still the World Championship. Your people are sending the best that they have versus yeah. Olympics. Like if Russia has ten great athletes, they can only send one for each weight class. You know. Yeah. So yeah, arguably, yeah, yeah. It's it's just interesting. But with that said, I also think this is the I mentioned it before, but it will be one of the few rare chances where we might see that double Olympic and World Championship well, yeah. winner yeah. gold medalist in the same year. Yeah, yeah. Because Neil Adams brought that up, and I was like, everyone's bringing that up. I think it's like Neil Adams brings it up like once a tournament, like once a day. Yeah. He would keep bringing that up, like oh. 
could we see them be Olympic gold and world champion? I'm like, mm, I don't think that one's going to win Olympic gold, but you want to know what? I'm happy that they're world champion. I mean, if Klim K gets gold in Olympics, she'll make history for being mm-hmm. probably one of the only athletes to ever do it again, unless something like the coronavirus happens again in the future. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be crazy. Um, so the mixed team results, Japan got first place, France got second, okay. uh, and Brazil and Uzbekistan got third. Okay. Of course, Japan so, took first. Yeah. yeah. Not of course. Yeah. You know, just, I kind of expect them to do well. <laughs> I know they had the... They had to buy the first round also. So they had to fight as many matches. Not as tired. <laughs> yep. And this is the first year they're actually going to add the team tournament to the Olympics also. So yep. that's going to be fun to watch. Personally, I don't care much for it, but yeah, it's Aww. just me. <laughs> well, I love it when you do the t- when they do the team tournament and you get like the lighter weight guys or like throw somebody. And this is like from a more popular country. I'm not going to say which, but to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just beat your guy. Woo. And they're like the only person that wins and then the rest of the team loses. And it's like, yeah, we just beat the rest of your team. <laughs> I don't care for it because I think the format that they do here is like best out of five or something like that, right? Like you get five players and then each weight class and each uh, gender fights each other, um, which I'm, like I said, doesn't, I don't really care about it because you might as well just like take the results from each <laughs> match and, <laughs> and add it together, right? But uh-huh. the way that they had of it in some high schools, it's like, kind of close to uh what was that grappling thing called um dasakuraba grappling promotion oh a quintet quintet it's kind of like quintet yeah mm-hmm. yeah so if you win you stay on the mat and you fight the next person mm-hmm. and you go and you just go on until you run yeah, out of players iron man style you just keep going till you lose yeah iron man style so you you can have like the lightest player on the team fighting the heaviest <laughs> player on the other team and then they bust their knee when they which, do drop their nagi <laughs> yeah, but but it'll be it'll be cool because then you also get to see the women fight the men. So, <laughs> yeah, that that I think it'll, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, I was watching some YouTube video and it was they're showing like some high school judo tournament, and Uta Abe beat every single person on the other team, and then she ended up fighting Akira Sone, which is like the heaviest weight class. <laughs> so you have this like tired Usabe to just beat like four other people fighting like this fresh like plus 78 kilo Uh, (laughs) big girl just staring down her like "Mm, I'm hungry I'll give me some lunch (laughs) (laughs) but they're friends they're close friends so it was fun watching them fight each other (laughs) all right so is there anything else about the tournament you want to talk about is that it no I think that's it overall but the production's gotten better but not a fan of the rules and the calls and yeah, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I might not want to watch judo as much anymore, but you're going to become like me. I only watch the big tournaments now. Like I only watch the grand prix and the final. That's pretty much all I watch. I, when I was younger, I used to watch every tournament, every mat. And that's one thing they do now that they have cameras on every mat and they have one announcer for every mat as well. Before, when I was watching it, it would just be, they would sometimes have cameras on different mats, but they'd only show like the best matches mm-hmm. they thought. And they only have one announcer doing everything. Now they have one announcer per mat. And then when you do the finals, they bring two announcers together to announce the team finally. And they talk and talk about mm-hmm. everything. And I can't remember, it's funny because it reminded me of you when the guy said it. Uh, 
it was one of the, it was one of the newer male, um, he was with Neil Adams, one of the newer male uh, announcers. And he uh-huh. was talking about how when he used to fight and how he liked watching judo. And he was saying, I can watch an entire day of bad judo, but if I get one beautiful throw in a match and I watch, it's worth it. I'm like, oh, that sounds just like yeah. Anthony right there. Yeah, that's, it was, <laughs> I, I mean, if that's, if that's the case, then you can just watch the highlights, right? Um, and I used yeah. to get the rush from it, from watching it happen live, but nowadays mm-hmm. I don't really care as much anymore. Um, given my time constraints and I'm just like lack of sleep from work. Um, cause it's hard. It's like in the middle of the night because of where it's being mm-hmm. played. Um, but now when I watch it, I don't really care about the score anymore just because of how shitty, mo- I'll, I'll be honest, how shitty most of the throws look, the rolling pawns, the like turnover Yuko's being called Wazari. Yeah. Turn turnover. Like it's, it's just like not fun to watch. So when I do watch it, I'm mostly watching the grip fighting. Now I'm actually mm-hmm. appreciating and watching the grip fighting. And I didn't mention this actually. This, this is interesting. I asked Philippe the other day, uh, most, of, most of the athletes, um, fight, grab with their same side as the forward leg. So if you're a righty, you have a right leg forward and they tend to grab with a right leg. But I did notice in this tournament, um, some of the athletes, especially Kosovo, they would grab with the opposite side. So if you have, if they have their right leg forward, they would grab with their left hand onto the left side lapel. And I asked Philippe, like, why would they do this? And I told, he explained it to me and it totally made sense. Um, and I, maybe was, should we talk about why it made sense? So it's more stable. There's, Short version is you're more stable and in a less compromised position. Um, mm-hmm. it, he he demonstrated to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it totally makes sense." But it was interesting seeing all these other grip strategies involved, um, especially since we always hear from uh, uh, Travis Stevens and Jimmy Pedro. We did an episode about grip fighting was briefly was Christian from Canada. We did that episode mm-hmm. interview with him. He talked about the whole system of, of kind of says you should grip grab the sleeve first and i did not see much of that this whole tournament no i did not grab. see I much saw, of grabbing the sleeve i first. saw a lot of over grip. Yeah. i saw a lot of over the top gripping that's what i saw yeah a lot of over top grip a lot of like straight up grabbing to the lapel and giving up your sleeve first so it was basically the opposite of what jimmy pedro says so <laughs> i don't know that that that's this this all got my all the gears in my head turning. So I'm just like, why would Jimmy Pedro say that? Why would, why would they do the opposite of what Jimmy Pedro does? And that's, in, in a sense, you understand it's different styles, different philosophies, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. American yeah. system. But I want to understand the pros and cons of everything. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, is that it for today's episode? You got anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. All right. No. So Good. everybody, that was the world championships. Please check it out. You can watch it on YouTube. I don't know if it's geolock. So in your country, you might have something different, but if you're in America, you can definitely watch it on YouTube. I uh, decided to check them out, watch the finals. That's some great matches. Try to look up what we talked about. Also tell me what you guys thought about it. Hit us up. You know, you can hit us up on Instagram. You can hit us up on our, on our, um, on our own, oh, what's that there? our <laughs> Gmail account. So you can hit us on Instagram at Tatami talk. You can hit us up on our own Gmail account at Tatami talk at Gmail. You can hit up us on our YouTube channel at Tatami Talk. You can hit me up at the Jerry underscore Juan on Instagram. You can hit up Anthony at Anthony Throat on Instagram. Please like, share, and subscribe. Great hearing from you guys. Till next time.